2: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running live broadcast on YouTube and subsequent podcasts. Today, we're going to be talking to of Attrition, we're going to be talking about the Arc of Attrition 50 again after my unsuccessful attempt the other weekend. So I want to find out how it is possible to be successful on your first go and come up with a top 10 tips for newcomers. So we're gonna to be today chatting to two of my patrons, Sean O'Keefe, who you can just see there to the to my left. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, yeah, not bad you. Yep, uh, yep, I'm good. And Christian Poulton who will be on after Sean has to leave us to go back to work. So also quick shout out to patron Jade Barrett who also completed the race as well. She's working today so she can't be live with us but I did bump into her registration show she's in the YouTube film of the race. Um, And just before we start, I'm sponsored by Knack Sports Nutrition. So just have to tell you that I used these energy bars on the Arc of My favorite was this peanut butter and chocolate one and the chocolate waffle you guessed it, I do like a bit of chocolate. So combined with real food like tuna sandwiches and crisps, these were fantastic on the Arc, very tasty, very easy to eat, and they felt good on my stomach as well. So highly recommended. If you fancy trying them, use my code wildgingerrunning for 15% off at uk.nack.com, and I'll put a link to that in all the stuff below as well. So um sean sure. thanks for waiting there Sorry. <laughs> congratulations on your arc 50 um am i right in thinking you were successful first time with your time of eight 11 hours nine minutes and 50 seconds
3: you know better than me yeah first time at the arc and first 50 miler
2: wow now that's incredible your first 50 mile you did choose a tough one there (laughs) what (laughs) made you choose the arc
3: so I I ended on the uh wait list so basically I did the arc 100 course over 20 days in the summer just because it's nice to go around I camped in a few different places and I thought once I'd done it I thought well okay it it doesn't seem too bad although that was in summer conditions. so I'll sign up for the wait list probably I won't get in that's fine I'll do it the subsequent year. But then um I think the deadline for people pulling out was the end of September or something like that. And a couple of days later I got in. So presumably enough people pulled out so it was kind of accidental it wasn't really on the plan
2: okay so it wasn't like a planned first 50 miler so um you so you did the 100 course over a few weeks last summer like where do you live what's your job what how were you able to do that because I live about seven hours away from Cornwall so yeah. that wouldn't have been an option for me <laughs> no so I live
3: in the lakes now at the time I was living in Warwickshire so still you know five hours or something like yeah, that it's um, but I work in IT and it's all remote so I can do work during the day and then when hits five sign out and then straight onto the trails which was great
2: yeah oh so you just lived down there for a bit did you essentially yeah yes worked what... in coffee
3: shops or, or from hotspots at the campsite depended on what what was available
2: oh cool so were you camping as well then yeah yeah yes. in a tent over the summer yeah cool Fantastic. lovely at,
3: lovely over summer less yeah. so uh, on whatever it was last weekend two weekends ago
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh that's awesome and so with this being your first 50 miler what has been your previous race experience then
3: so my first ultra was a 65k random distance that just happened to be it was a point to point from Droitwich spa to broadway in the cotswolds uh which was almost exactly a year before the arc actually and it was um zero or one degrees the whole time i had literally like icicles on my um arm hair the whole way around it was hard Wow! Uh, and then the UTS 50 last summer and that's it those are all my ultras so okay. I chose all stupidly hard ones for no reason
2: <laughs> yes the UTS 50 is really hard it's so yeah. hilly there's four really significant climbs there including two ascents and two descents of Snowdon highest mountain yeah. in Wales so um yeah that's amazing do you just like a tricky terrain then is that what you prefer and that's what you kind of excel on
3: yeah i think i probably do it's kind of the main reason for doing ultras is part the challenge and part going to nice interesting places and i suppose often that then comes with difficult terrain um so living in the lakes now i could just access some quite nice trails all the time so the reason to go somewhere else and race really is to see something else kind of exceptional
2: yeah, something really cool. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Like, I, I have got a few more um, ultras booked in not so exciting places, but I do, I do like to go and. Yeah, experience those amazing places and remote places as well. Um, so, you were really comfortable within those cutoffs because, like, I like for people who don't know, I got timed out at Good Devry, which is about like almost 40 miles into the course. You're supposed to get there at 8 pm. I got there about quarter past eight. Um, so, But, Sean, with your time of 11 hours and 10 minutes basically, you were well within that 15 and a half hour whole race cutoff. Um, uh, yeah, how did you find the race?
3: So I think, yeah, cut-offs wasn't really a a problem, but it was tough going, especially that section that everyone complains about between, um, well, basically uh, Cape Cornwall and St. Ives, right?
2: Uh, um, yes, yeah. So like, yeah. And, and is it between Pendine and St. Oh, Ives Oh, Pendine, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I was just looking at the, the stats. It's I've just really difficult
3: to like uh choose your own cadence because they have like just it'll go from like boulders to normal terrain to uphill to downhill you're constantly just having to adjust your step all the time and I think it's really draining yeah. um so although I wasn't really in trouble for time because I went too fast at the beginning uh I definitely could have dropped during that section really it, it's very easy to get into that mindset of being like if it's this hard the rest of the way then like uh it's I'm done it's too hard I think you just yeah. have to push through There's, I, I probably went through I don't know three or four times like that during the race of like this is just too hard just stop you know <laughs> why, why are you doing it even on some of the road sections I think it's normal in an ultra to just go through those cycles yeah uh and you, have, you have to part of the skill is working out is this because I'm just tired or is there something actually wrong and I should stop because it's sensible to do so um so yeah I think I I would I'd really interest I would be interested to do something hard enough that I wasn't by speed uh, guaranteed to make it. Yeah. So if I went to hundred now, like I'm not really conditioned to do that. A hundred miles, sorry. Uh, so that would be a much more of a struggle in terms of times. So I think it'd be interesting to see what your decision making process is if you are that close. That's why I really like your series. To see what the thought process of someone towards the back of the pack is
2: yeah the last about place. how I'm they're going to manage
3: it. their time yeah
2: yeah last place I'm proud of it yeah I know I, I was like what what do I say to Sean he was just within the cut-offs <laughs> what's he <laughs> going to say to us <laughs> but um I do have lots of questions for you um so uh yeah so you were really comfortable within the cut-offs I want to start right at the beginning of the race because the Minak theatre is an absolutely amazing start there's tons of people just crowded into that amphitheater it's on the edge of the cliff and there's loads of steps there's like 50 60 maybe a million steps to climb up before you get like out onto the the cliff top and the coast path did, were you like super strategic? Did you put yourself at the front there so that you weren't, because I was like hanging around for five minutes in there, kind of just waiting to walk up the steps, which is yeah. one of my excuses for being <laughs> um, But yeah, how did you find that bit? Did you place yourself at the front um, or were you just walking up the steps like a normal person and then queuing? There was like, lots of queuing wasn't there in the first sort of mile or so of the race.
3: I I can't ever not race so last weekend I had there was a 5k that they're they're running in my local town to try and uh, fundraise slash prove feasibility for a uh, park run Mm -hmm. obviously being this close to an ultra I was like no I'm just gonna jog around (laughs) sub 30 something like couldn't help it had to race it yeah close close to race it I held back a little so I just can't not so yeah I put myself right at the bottom of the steps Yes, uh, on right, the, the left elite hand people, set.
2: like with Holly Stables and, and all the, the top people.
3: Well, she went past me, not that far in, but so she must have started behind. So, oh. And in fact, the first four or five people on the set of stairs that I chose didn't go particularly fast and just kind of walked up the stairs.
2: Oh, OK. Even
3: at the right of the front. So although I tried to st- strategically put myself somewhere, it didn't really work because oh. whoever had managed to get there just went slow anyway.
2: <laughs> so th- the
3: right-hand steps as you were looking up, were much quicker.
2: They were quicker. Okay. Yeah.
3: don't know why. Just depends who were there, I think.
2: Yeah, I got told that, and the coach as well. One guy was like, "The right, go, go right, go right," um, and I got just like I just went left because I was filming, and I, that was the better kind of place to film it all because that was to the more to the edge. Um, and then I ended up actually just behind him, like one person behind him, when the two steps met to go um, up oh, and really? out of the Minak. Yeah, so I was like, well, <laughs> that didn't work, did it? Um, but at least he went right, and he wasn't just giving me false information. But you went right, and you you placed yourself at the front. So then in that first bit where everyone's like running and running um uh, over the coast path um I found that quite like um like hard work because usually on an ultra I just run at chatting pace but my heart rate was at, like 180 beats per minute on that bit were you quite because you started at the front were you then quite far near the front were you queuing much there
3: yeah no queuing which was no the queuing. original plan so that yeah. was as much as I'm joking about the racing my original plan was to be towards the front because yeah. I didn't want to have to queue on there's plenty of single track yeah in that first bit and I didn't want to have to wait for people as it was I was running about 15th or 18th something like that for that first section yeah uh, and still couldn't run exactly at my own rhythm okay. so I found that I could do downhills slash the technical bits better than most people even the really yeah. quick people who were definitely fitter than me yeah so we were yo-yoing for ages um yeah, yeah around about where Holly went past me yeah. There was a group of three or four people and I would go past them on the downhill technicals, they'd go past me on the uphill flats and it was just back and forth.
2: Yeah, that was exactly the same for me but just like way back in the pack (laughs) like it's not that I'm particularly fast or anything but on the technical stuff I don't slow down like other people will slow down so they'll slow down and then I massively slow down for the uphills and they all just come past me and then I have to be like excuse me, excuse me again like a massive idiot Um, like really annoying person Um, but I'm just looking at your stats on um, the open Tracking, um, and you you got to um, you got to Senon um, in about an hour, so.
3: Yeah, I went way too fast. Oh yeah, to your point about heart rate, my heart rate was uh, yeah one eighties at the beginning. Yeah. So like I said, I did intend to be at the front. I did intend to try and get ahead of people just to avoid that that conga line. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't intend to go that fast. Yeah. Uh, and I was overheating massively. Yeah interestingly a couple of other people said to me as well and and other people stopped to take layers mm-hmm. off or whatever I started in shorts and one layer because I knew I was going to get generally hot anyway yeah, me too. but not as hot as I was
2: yeah it was a I don't know if it's day. just because the
3: sun or whatever yeah w- which is insane that's such a British thing because it was eight degrees or something
2: yeah it was a warm day for January wasn't it and when you're running fast I find that you you only need shorts and t-shirt if you're running fast I chose long leggings but they were like ones that were quite breathable um so they were long but they were okay and then I had a a long sleeve that you could just pull this the sleeves up and I was just running in that for basically all of the course until it got dark um um, but, yeah, I'm just noticing that you took about an hour to get to Sennan, which is a really great, um, great effort there. Um, what did you do about, like, did you have a crew? Because I felt like when I got to Sennan, I I probably could have done with not taking one litre of water at the start if I'd have had someone at Sennan there waiting just to give me a bottle. Um, yeah. Did you have crew?
3: No crew for me. I carry two liters essentially every time I topped up
2: did you two liters
3: I, I do drink quite a lot but okay. it also meant that I could had the option to like skip stopping if I could yeah um so I only filled up extra at I can't I don't know what then around Pendine I had an extra liter and then St Ives and then that's it actually
2: yeah so it, it does so, so
3: i was carrying it but i had more flexibility that way
2: yeah so you started off that start of the race you had two liters of water with you
3: yeah and wow. I actually could have had more to be honest how hot i was at really? the really
2: because yeah. i only drank like 500 mils but then i don't like sweat loads um and i probably wasn't going as fast as you obviously <laughs> so it's like no i just i think i just sweat a lot yeah Okay, well that's good to know because I was going to advise everybody in like the 10 top tips that we're sort of creating here on on the way. Uh, I'll ask you for three at the end. Um, <laughs> uh, I thought I thought that probably my advice to people would be to start with 500 mil and have a crew member meet you at like Land's End or Sennen. Um, and the great thing about having a crew would be they could literally hand you a bottle filled, and you couldn't, yeah. you just wouldn't even have to stop. They could run alongside you. They could hand you the bottle. You could uh, give them your empty bottle and just pop it in your pack like Like with with us uncrewed people we were having to like drink it all like unscrew the top hold it out to someone wait there screw it back up put it back in and then do the other one so it would be a massive advantage I think to be crude like if you're scraping the cutoffs like I was it would be quite good to have someone there
3: (laughs) definitely definitely in that scenario and I think it has a double benefit because uh so where I can I use just like liquid nutrition so just like sugar in water
2: uh-huh.
3: uh, but you could use a tailwind or whatever thing but it's just easier to do or cheaper to do sugar
2: yeah
3: um so if I had a crew that's exactly what I would do I would just yeah. have pre-filled bottles with pre-filled um energy And then there would be less things to carry in terms of gels, et cetera. So that would be nice too.
2: Yeah, I was going to say to you then, next question was how much food did you carry? Because before I I went, I was like, well, how many of these do I take with me? I took eight of these in the end and then two tuna sandwiches, two cheese sandwiches and a hot cross bun and a piece of flapjack. And I didn't end up eating the cheese sandwiches or the flapjack or the hot cross bun. Maybe I would have if I'd have got got through the cutoff. But I just feel like I took too much food and there was actually more food out there than they sort of, Intimated that there might be.
3: Yeah, there definitely was. I tend not to use aid station stuff at all, unless I like fancy something when I get there. Yeah. So I al- almost, I always. So I came from triathlons before ultra, mm-hmm. and same story. I Like some, there are aid stations available, and people can get coke or gels or whatever. But I like to be self self sufficient. Okay. Um, so I I think I had. 14 gels plus two hours two hours yeah two hours worth of fluid nutrition that's it oh and yeah. then a couple of flapjacks in case I wanted something
2: Savory. solid yeah
3: um so I was aiming for 80 grams of carbs an hour
2: mm-hmm.
3: at best and I literally never ever managed to do that in ultras <laughs> I uh, don't either
2: I, I eat far less than I think I should
3: yeah I had loads left over I think I averaged 60 grams an hour
2: yeah so So what was that like one gel an hour then were your gels like 60 gram gels
3: they're 40 grams they're the sas beta fuel ones so i think they're 40 grams per um per gel so should have been two one every half an hour
2: yes okay one every half an hour because i just i find that really hard to eat like i was i was chomping on these but there's only so many but of any make of bar that you can chomp down all the time but i was just like having mouthfuls of these these are like 200 calories um in there how many carbs
3: 50 grams
2: yeah it says per bar 20 grams of carbs um yeah so I should have been eating way more of these than I thought um
3: I find it hard to chew stuff though like so I only had one of the two flapjacks that I took which is just like breathing and run like and running and yeah. eating I just can't do it
2: yeah and I also had poles so I was like I had oh, okay. at one point I had like a tuna sandwich in one hand and a pole and a GoPro and a pole in that hand and it was just like ah oh, did you use poles as well
3: no poles for me I have not so I do have some yeah I've never really got on to the coordination of it Yeah. so I don't use them it's something I still need to practice with
2: yes yeah yeah a bit of practice there with the poles I found the poles really useful because um there was a lot of balancing wasn't there over the rocks um and bogs especially that pendine to St Ives section so I was grateful for them yet yeah, there um did you at any point think oh I could have done with a pole over that really rocky section from pendine I don't St. think
3: so. I was using my hands so much I don't know I don't know yeah. if I could yeah I don't know maybe if it, it was. it would replace yeah I think people who, who really know how to use them probably would benefit uh, but I would have just been I'd have put them away and not used them so
2: yeah and just had to carry them yeah and so um what were the high points of the race for you like what were you really pleased about
3: um I was pleased with the beginning until later <laughs> <laughs> so my original aim was to do so like a, a really good day it would have been seven thirty per kilometer average which I think is like nine and a half hours so that's like a really oh, great day
2: that is a good day out
3: um and I think I oh I can tell you actually I averaged 639 per kilometre before Kate Cornwall so wow that's way too fast yeah um so but but I like but that's 20 kilometres or something so I was like wow I actually must be fitter than I thought this is fine uh I only really slowed down because my Achilles started uh both of them started complaining a bit at that point I was like okay well I slowed down a bit and then it calmed down so that was fine and so I thought oh well, I can easily come in at 7 30 then even with a bit of slowing down and then and I think that was probably on until about the last 15k actually um so finishing definitely because you know it doesn't really matter about your goals if you're doing something for the first time then finishing is the goal that's the, the reason that you're there yeah so that is fantastic um I definitely last did muscularly longer than I have before so the 65k right at the end was a struggle yeah
1: um
3: the, towards the end of UTS was a real struggle uh part of the heat part the mu- part of the muscles so and it was a you know I got to 60 just over 65k this time without any significant um fatigue or pain or anything like that so that's good right uh and I suppose the other thing is uh, this really felt like a troubleshooting to so like I said those phases those down phases which are sort of fatigue emotional kind of down phases but also like I said uh, the Achilles getting a bit funny my hips went a bit funny at some point and you have to troubleshoot that on the fly that's kind of the main skill of ultra versus just running on the road uh, and I felt like I did that really well like okay well this is just a you need to dip or change your stride or slow down or you haven't eaten enough or drunk enough that troubleshooting process I think ran really well personally
2: yes yeah well that's good so you felt like you got a bit more ultra experience in the bag sort of thing and troubleshooting um and did you have any any low points as well um on the way round was there any particular place where you felt a bit despondent
3: yeah definitely that bit that everyone talks about uh yeah I just slowed down so much in the Pendine to St Ives bit.
2: That was my favourite bit like everyone's like oh that's the worst <laughs> bit that was honestly my favourite bit I loved it. It's that so pretty. Great. Yeah
3: and, it's beautiful
2: um, oh the train was great the the bit I hated was that bit through hail where there was like four miles of road I was oh, so no. slow on that because it's so boring. <laughs>
3: it is fortunately so I got kind of entertained through that section because I was that's kind of where I caught up with the most of the hundred milers
2: oh wow you caught so up with some so I got hundreds. to have
3: small conversations with them on the way through that section mostly yeah. them going oh how you're running how I think I look but <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah um
3: so that that wasn't too bad although that is dull that section um yeah, yeah it's so pretty but I, I also kind of uh did the low point to myself because I thought oh Zenna must be just there yeah, and then it, it was always a lot longer than I. So I was like, "Oh, it must be around the next headland." Oh, no, it's not. Next headland. No, it's still not there. Oh, you're an hour away from it still. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> because I, when I did my recce, I'd done it in you know ten mile stretches or, or less. Yeah. I'd sh- shortened it in my mind about how close everything was. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and partly that was uh I was that was a low point for me just for I was tired having done too too long too fast.
2: Yes, that at that um, point, and it's tricky terrain. And yeah, Zena takes ages to come to it. So if anyone hasn't done the races, there's the Pendine cut off, which you have to get to at a half twelve, which Sean went through at eleven fourteen, which is brilliant. I got, I went through it like, I think twenty past twelve, <laughs> oh, perfect. just made it. Yeah, just made it. Um, so yeah, and then Zena comes next before Saint Ives, and it's kind of like um, nearly two hours to there, isn't it? And there's just endless hill after hill, and then to get to the actual kind of place where the crews can meet you is like this horrible set of steps you'll see it in my film where I'm just like oh steps and there's like a, a granny rail as well that you can pull yourself up on um, and inevitably
3: like a, supporters always stand at the top of hills when you're feeling, feeling, yeah. feeling the worst every yeah. time every type of race it's funny
2: yeah exactly exactly there um, so yeah that was that Xena was a tricky one to get to um, then it was all all downhill to St Ives um uh, so um uh, before we try and get um, extract a, a sort of a top three tips from you for um, anybody else that wants to do the race, um, can we just cover your typical training re- week in a massive nutshell? Because I know we've only got about ten minutes of you left. <laughs>
3: uh, so I'm sort of very dull. So I'm self-coached, and I just slowly increment everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really dull. So I just uh, I do a little bit of periodization where I think, okay, well, right now I'm working on. 10k pace or 5k pace and then i just do slightly more volume or slightly more of a percentage of that intensity every week uh so i'm up to about 120k as my highest weekly volume um but that will vary kind of based on life logistics and how close i'm getting towards the end of a block and yeah so i'll just do i don't know like three by one and up, three by a mile say and then the next week I'll do four by a mile and five so just well, like I just sprinting. do really yeah so that would be like uh, that 5k block for example
2: yeah. and would that be up a hill like the three by one mile up I live a mile in the lakes up a everything's up a hill <laughs> okay yes yeah, so you're in the lakes you're massively uh, advantaged there
3: yeah massively so um so yeah so it's really simple like that so just trying to be consistent and slowly increment everything yeah. I do always always do my long runs on um on trails and then probably half of the week is road just because it's quicker I can just leave my door
2: yeah
3: run and then come back
2: yeah
3: um so that's it yeah it's pretty simple really I think that consistency is the is the key and I'm trying to do as much strength slash mobility stuff as I can I but it's always inevitably is the first thing that gets dropped isn't it <laughs> like oh I've got an hour so I run or shall I do mobility oh uh, well I'll run then
2: yeah yeah <laughs> definitely so is that like what five runs a week for you then that mileage
3: at six I take Mondays off
2: oh wow so you run much. every day so apart from I do normally long
3: run on a Saturday yeah.
2: yeah yeah and so when would you do your strength work in that would that be on the day off or is your day off an actual day off
3: uh, no actual day off um yeah. always on a day that i'm doing something else hard so if it's a speed day or a long run day i'll do the strength stuff and then if it's a like a rest day or a recovery day they i treat them like actual rest and recovery and don't do hard yeah. lifting type stuff
2: that's really good because if you're going to go hard go hard and if you're going to yeah. rest you rest yeah so you're like, basically like it, whenever you
3: i think of it as whenever you're like like giving the body a burden of Thing of like recovery to do don't interrupt that so just pile everything on at the same time as long as you're not too sore to do your next yeah activity or doing too much
2: and if you were to do the strength and the hard session like the interval session in the same day which do you f- do first the strength work or the interval work uh, interval work definitely
3: okay. and then which is probably why I then deprioritize the strength
2: yeah um, like oh
3: Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know actually because So, yes, I do always do it that way around in sort of because then your at least your muscles are warm, etc. But if you if the strength work is taking enough out of you that you would your lifting form might be compromised, then probably I would do it the other way around. I never do anything that hard. So basically everything I do is about 80 percent difficult.
2: Yeah. I would always
3: have two reps left and I could do more. So I'm not. putting myself in a hole enough for it to be a problem
2: yeah because if you're running six days a week you don't want to knock yourself out for that other the next day even if it's just a recovery run um that sounds it sounds like good training um and um do so in terms of other people coming to the race um and wanting to get through first time like you did um can you kind of give us just kind of three top tips for them that you would really recommend it could be to do with training or like nutrition or gear or like how a strategy for the race um can you think of sort of three things
3: so for this race specifically or just all races yeah for the
2: arc 50
3: so definitely recce
2: you reckon that was really important
3: yeah because the South coast path so less so the 50 definitely definitely the 100 oh, because yeah. the the bit until you get to the minute, there's lots of like very tight single track with like look like a bit like the pendine section mm-hmm. but more regular um interruption or stride length and things because it's just rocks etc yeah so i think you need to get used to that idea uh and also it just doesn't feel like there's many other places in the country where the weather's so Like, change—not changeable—is not the right word, but like can be against you, like literally running into a headwind or whatever.
2: Yeah. So you sort of need to go there and experience it, and then go back to your training and go, how can I replicate this in my own area? Um, Yeah. And also just have it mentally in your mind, like I am going for this. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and then when you come then come across in your local trails or whatever something that's semi similar, you can then approach it like, okay, imagine this was the race yeah how do I pick a line through this set of
2: rocks or yeah etc and if you only had say like I know you spent the whole summer there um recceeing that a whole hundred course which sounds fantastic if you're like me and you can only like maybe spare one weekend mm-hmm. um to reccee one bit of the 50 like say a 10 mile section or something like that is there a particular part that you think no this is the part you need to reccee
3: So definitely that pending to St. Ives section.
2: Yeah, okay.
3: Because, like you said, so once you get to St. Ives and onwards, that's largely flattish road, well-packed trail, the same after. Yeah. Maybe the dunes. I I think you just make it through the dunes. I don't think you need to have seen that before.
2: Yeah, I don't know how much impact a recce would have in the dunes if it's dark and yeah, I think you just maybe need to go and record that to get used to following your watch or something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah, following yeah. other people, putting some faith in someone. Yeah, yeah. I think in terms of a, a difference to just normal running, that pending plus yeah. section is the way to go
2: yeah that's interesting that you say that because um like I found that a bit fine like um that was great um so I would recommend wrecking that if you haven't got a lot of experience of technical running and stuff like that but for for me if you're like more of a back of the pack runner like coming in at like 15 hours kind of thing I would wreck the section where it starts to get dark so like after St Ives oh, yeah. it started to get dark for me and there was like that crisscross of the railway like you crisscrossed it like three times and I had to stop quite a few times to like look at the map app and just be like where am I going now and that costs time as well so I'd recce that section after St Ives and then the through through hail so that you can just bomb through there and then I'd recce the dunes just to get into your because that Godavri cut off is really like the biggie isn't it like after Godavri you could like kind of chill out sort of but you know that you've got to get there haven't you so I would recce the dunes as well so that I just just knew what I was gonna be up against because I was getting lost in there and I really didn't have any time to be lost in there or to slow down. So to just know what you were looking for, those big headstone type things with the acorn on and just have a bit of an idea. So I'd go for that bit to recce. That's
3: a really good point actually, because I'm thinking about it like, because I already knew, I didn't look at navigation at all from oh, really? St Ives yeah. until uh, the dunes, just in the dunes. I yeah. didn't look at it because I'd already done You
2: knew it. Yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, well, that's That would be really, really helpful, good. actually.
3: And that was light for me. It, it didn't it get dark light. until after a good, good every. Good yes, job,
2: exactly. Every. Yeah, so it depends, like, how fast you you think you're going to be to which bit you recce. So that's really, that's interesting, like, both sides of that. So that's so one So that probably tip.
3: leads on to number two, actually. Yeah. Practice with your head torch.
2: Okay, yeah.
3: Not, so partly because just get used to being able to see not that much but yeah. number two just getting used to what the controls of your particular head torch are yeah so I had um phoenix something or other and it has like a spotlight mode and a floodlight mode and they have different intensities and if I hadn't used it in runs all through the winter I wouldn't have known like oh is this just as good as it gets or is it yeah. would it be better to flip at this point and how long it'll last and all those bits and pieces. Um, yeah I think that's very important to understand like how what's it like at at night does that affect your pace or are there other things you have to look for or do you need to like have some caffeine to be able to pay attention to things I think that's a good thing to practice as
0: well
2: yeah definitely so recce number one head torch controls and and usage nighttime yeah Uh, nighttime running uh number Three. three
3: I think it's really boring but consistency Mm-hmm. I, it's Training. significantly better to just do like 10k every day than go and do some amazing three by five kilometer workout and then have to take two days off mm-hmm. Yeah. so I think just don't try to like overdo intensity or, or rush getting quick okay just put some time in running
2: yeah Run, 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 and run. <laughs> Some more. I think I think that's really good that you've said that though, because sometimes I'll be put off a workout because I think, oh right, I know I've got to go and like do like two minutes of hard stuff and rest, like three times two minutes intervals. And I find that a bit off putting, so then sometimes I just won't do it at all. So Yeah. thinking to yourself just whatever you do just get out and if you can do that session then great or if you can do a lower intensity version of that session then that's just as good and it's better than not going out
3: totally there's one guy that I coach and the message that I give to him is if you don't feel like doing it that might be legitimate Mm -hmm. put your stuff on and go outside if you go outside and just do a 20 minute walk great that's better than just sitting on the sofa and if you then when you go out think oh actually it's not too bad I could do a little bit of a run that's fantastic but just going and doing something is much better yeah that's the reason most of us started doing I know ultras is a bit of a crazy endeavor but most of us just started oh it'd be nice to be a bit fitter so there's no reason not to just embrace that
2: yeah yeah, definitely. Well, I like those top three t- tips, Sean. Thank you very much. It's for those. easier going
3: first because <laughs> nothing's taken.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've got like eight written just in case. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So um, we've got to finish with you soon because you've got to get back to work. But um, Sadly, what, yeah. yeah, what is next for you? Just fill us in. Uh,
3: I have a bit of a r- ridiculous season this year. So um, <laughs> next is uh, Manchester Marathon. So I'm hoping, but this is quite a stretch goal, uh, to get a London Good for Age qualifying time. Awesome. But it's difficult because it's sub three in theory, but in, in reality they normally take time off of that time. Okay. So I I probably need to do more like two fifty four, which oh, wow. would be a twenty minute P B. So that's we'll see
2: yeah that's a stretch maybe just wait until you're a bit older and then good the good the time gets up <laughs>
3: well that's the, the goal is to do it before i hit 35 i think 35 is when it changes so the, the goal is to try and do it before the age group thing
2: yeah moves. Oh, so i can't just an, wait that's an amazing goal
3: <laughs> i'll see if we get there um but ultras wise i'm doing uts again and then uh mozart 100 which is in austria so 105k and CCC.
2: Wow! Yeah. So going long, yes. And yeah. Doing some, doing doing some alpine stuff.
3: I that had intended amazing. to do the Ridgeway Challenge, but it mm. got cancelled, unfortunately. Oh, it has. So it's CCC, oh. yeah.
2: Oh, Tim did that last year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, that
2: was be so. It was supposed different. to be the
3: British Championships, or, or whatever the Trail Running Association calls it. um But there wasn't enough interest, so it got cancelled. Sadly.
2: Oh, that's a shame. Oh. Oh. But I'd rather
3: have kept it, yeah in the UK if possible
2: yeah yeah that would have been really nice well there is like a world champion series being set up isn't there um with the guys from centurion running being quite involved with that so yeah. that'll be interesting to see where that goes
3: yeah it's um, a possible next year thing for me to move to 100 but it just it seems mm. such a crazy long distance
2: yeah but I think like with your sort of background and your pedigree like maybe if you just slowed down a little bit you'd find it <laughs> that's really the problem
3: easy. isn't it <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, if you just went at my pace <laughs> maybe we should run together for the first bit, and you can run it by pace, and then at fifty miles, I'll stop and have you can continue. In. Yeah, or, or maybe left. the opposite. <laughs> I'll
3: do the hundred when you do the fifty. Catch you up at Minic, and then you can stop me overdoing it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could have a little sleep waiting for me. <laughs> awesome. Oh well, thank you so much, Sean. It's been really great to catch up with you. It was lovely to see you at the race as well. And, um, and congratulations for completing the much. arc on your first attempt and your first fifty miler. Um, Um, And good luck with all your ultras this year. Thanks. Um, uh, We're going to say bye to Sean now. So bye, Sean, and we'll catch up with Christian. So I'm going to – what what do I need to do? I need to go on Skype. Where's Skype gone? Here we go. Um, So Sean's gone now. And um, where's Skype gone? Skype is here. So we'll just ring Christian now. Let me just press the video button. And we'll say hi to Christian, who also completed the arc on his first.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass-
2: Awesome. We'll just wait for your image to come up on the screen.
1: Oh, let's. Uh, maybe i need to turn my camera on.
2: Oh, yeah. There's always that. Yeah. <laughs> so I will just tell everybody about your arc. So Christian did the arc in 14 hours, 26 minutes. There you are. And 20 seconds. Um, and just while we were just chatting on the Skype little chat thing earlier, he said he was also thinking now of doing the hundred. So, this is going to be an interesting chat with Christian here. Um, can I just get you to move a little bit to your left so that you're in the middle of the screen there, Christian? Yes. Uh, That's it yes that's good yes yeah so I've also just worked out having seen your picture on the Skype thing that I did actually meet you before we set off at about five o'clock in the morning and we were having a chat weren't we (laughs) so I'm really sorry that I didn't put two and two together you were wearing a wild ginger running buff so I was like oh hi I'm gonna film you you're wearing a wild ginger running buff but I didn't actually put two and two together to think that you were actually Christian so sorry about that (laughs) it was very early in the morning yeah it was wasn't it yeah um So, um, oh yeah, I need to change your name as well. Sean's just put on the live chat that I need to change your name to Christian. I've got like a little name. I had Sean O'Keefe on top of Sean O'Keefe and now we're going to change it to Christian. What a smooth changeover this is i hope everybody <laughs> on the podcast is uh, enjoying this smooth changeover um okay right we're all set up now so thanks so much to sean for coming on he's now in the live chat and he's going to be um heckling us with some questions probably <laughs> so um yeah so christian um uh, congratulations on your arc 50 14 hours and a half basically um let's just um hear what is your previous race experience first of all what led you to the arc
1: ah well funny enough it's very similar to sean i i entered last year um put on the waiting list and it was kind of i don't know i just entered it because a friend of mine had done it and i uh, never expecting to run it and it was only later in the year i think late october that i, I got notification that i was in I thought, oh blimey i better uh, <laughs> i better start training for this but it wasn't yeah. planned at all um Fantastic I got a place and, and it's a fantastic run and so pleased I managed to do it but it, it certainly wasn't planned
2: yeah it wasn't planned for all you people with unplanned arc 50 finishes and my dnf even though it was planned for quite some time (laughs) it's just it's not fair so we need to pump you for tips christian um by the end of this we're going to have to come up with three tips from you and then i'm going to continue with the last four tips at the end um but um did you do any recce or anything um where are you based
1: no that was the thing i'm based in london yeah. Um, so it's a long way to travel down. And because I only found out I had a place in October, I, I, I couldn't spare the time to go down there for any records. And to tell you the truth, I underestimated the course. Um, the section from Pendine to the St. Ives, I really didn't expect. And that, that caught me out somewhat.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: Um, when yeah. I got to St. Ives, I, I felt awful. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking of pulling out, but I, yeah, I, I could have stayed in that that um that lovely hall for quite a long quite time a eating.
2: <laughs> i'm just gonna have a look at your stats and see when you got into st ives so you got into st ives um uh seven and a half hours into the race um which is uh, i don't i can't work that out <laughs> <But> <laughs> what kind of time did you hit st ives then
1: um it was late afternoon um i did chat to one of the uh, marshals there and, and he said, "You're fine for cut-offs. That's not a problem." Yeah, um, yeah.
2: The cut-off at St Ives I, was five o'clock.
1: Yeah, so I left St Ives and it was just starting to get dark. So I put my head torch on, and yeah, I, I, from then onwards, I had to uh, had to run in the dark.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's similar to me then. I, I can't have. I, I must have been a bit behind you because I left about ten past five. Yeah. Um, St. I don't Ives.
1: think you're that far behind. I did pass you. Uh, before we met uh, I think it's just before Pendine actually we um I passed you but I I wasn't going much quicker
2: (laughs) yeah oh just before Pendine okay cool oh I must have been not paying attention at all there were so many people passing me though wasn't there (laughs) left right and center um Graham um meth um melthold um says how many other ultras have you done Christian
1: I've only started doing ultras in the last year or so but I've packed them in I did UTS last year
2: yeah the 50k um,
1: that's right and I've packed quite a few in I did the Chiltern Wonderland to get up to 50 I've, I've done the Glasgow to Edinburgh to to get a bit of extra mileage in my legs yeah. through that um I've done around London 55k uh, around Reading which was 50k so so lots of 50s
2: yeah, lots of fifty ks Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I've also done the Eco Trail in Paris last year, which was forty-five k, and that that kind of really got me excited in doing ultras. Yeah. Um, and I've, I haven't looked back since then. I come from a sort of marathon background, so mm-hmm. I'm used to, to doing the longer stuff. But obviously, mm-hmm. ultras is something different. Yeah,
2: a <laughs> bit to longer, a bit slower. <laughs> yeah, for some people. and on trail,
1: which is fantastic, which I much prefer to uh, to road.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant that we've sort of yes. come over to the dark side there. Um, so I'm interested with your living in London, especially what your typical training week looks like, because obviously Sean went down, he lived there for the summer and he recued the entire 100 course. That sounds like absolutely brilliant if you can oh, do right. it.
1: But, I wish I could. Yeah.
2: But what's it's, your t- what's your training um, it's in it's London? It's very
1: boring I, because I've got limited time. I can't really travel too far. Um, so basically I train as I would for a marathon. So on a Tuesday I go to the track and do track sessions. Um okay. Thursday it's it's either tempo or or actually we do hills all yeah. on road but we do hill sessions. Saturday it's usually racing. This this time of year it's cross country. Mm-hmm. And on a Sunday it's it's a long run. But yeah. it, again good. it's all on roads and very much like I would have done for marathon training. Yeah. But then I try and fit in as many races as I can and travel outside of London. Um, I've been doing quite a bit of fell racing over the past five or six years. So been going to the mountains and doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I enter ultras and that's my training basically. Yeah
2: oh okay right. so a lot of your training, <laughs> training is, those...
1: is you know racing basically
2: yeah yeah a lot of fell runs as well and yeah. so does that involve you sort of like finishing work at five on a friday and like leaping in the car driving to somewhere in the lakes you've booked accommodation yeah, very, there. Much,
1: very much yeah that, that's basically what it is and yeah. then back on a Sunday ready for work on Monday
2: yeah and do you so do you have a family then that you're abandoning for this weekend or like weekends away or like how do you make it work logistically because it's quite a lot to plan isn't it if you're it is take I've got a you.
1: very understanding wife but no children luckily which helps yeah. massively
2: yeah yeah does your wife come too? then is she into running
1: no not really she does a bit of running but just jogging and She's not competitive at all, unlike me. So, yeah, yeah, she stays in London, and I, I go off and do my thing, and then come back covered in mud on yeah. a Sunday.
2: Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Oh, that was brilliant. And so, so that's your week of training. Um, and so it does.
1: Yeah, it does vary a little bit depending on what phase I'm in. And yeah. I think what's really important. I think Sean picked up on this. Is I do a lot of strength work, so I go to the gym at least twice a week. Okay. Um, because I think that's certainly with the ultras it's so important to have a strong strong core strong strong legs yeah Um, and I have found that's helped me out in a lot of situations where you're you're flagging but because you've got the strength you can carry on
2: and what sort of exercises are you doing there in the gym are you doing the classes or are you doing a specific set of exercises yeah
1: I tend to do classes now just because you don't have to think too hard
2: yeah Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah I
1: used to do stuff on my own but yeah you have to pre-plan it and I find a class is just a lot easier you can switch off enjoy yourself for 45 yeah. minutes an hour and then you're done
2: yeah and it's someone shouting at you like do this that's do that right. like is it like body pump and and that kind of thing exactly. with, you know like with the weights on on that's, your shoulders
1: yeah. yeah that's exactly it so it's high reps but low weights
2: okay uh, yeah so
1: you don't I don't want to bulk up but it's just a you know to keep me in in tone and shape and I find the the lighter weight with high reps helps it, it kind of equates quite well to, to endurance run. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. endurance
2: isn't it it's, it's not like strength should be like really heavy weights and like six to eight reps shouldn't it but yeah that's yeah. right yeah and so that training sounds like a really good basis for all of that and and your previous ultra experience as well you were really comfortably within all of the cut-offs um how did you find the race
1: I really enjoyed it. It was tough. It was tougher than I thought it would be. Um, I had in my mind before I started, just looking at the previous year's results, maybe I could do between 13 and 14 hours. You know, yeah. about right. Um, I was half an hour over that. And that's purely because I think I, I underestimated the course. That pending Dean to St. Ives bit, I slowed down terribly. Yeah. I did bring poles, but for hmm. some reason I didn't really use it on that section, which yeah, I really. should have done. Yeah. Um, I guess because it was not it was so undulating, you, you didn't want to keep putting your poles back again, you know. Um, yeah, because sometimes you have to
2: get your hands, use your hands, didn't you? I exactly, found I was holding yeah. both poles in one hand and using one hand with the, with the other. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: But you made a good point. It does aid stability. And then a lot of sections where I was feeling a bit unsteady on my feet um later on in the race when I was using poles more they helped a lot so I think um hopefully when I do it again I will be using the poles more
2: yes <laughs> so you want to do it again then
1: yeah I had to finish um, as we were coming in across the line there's a, a guy with a video camera and he shoved a microphone in my face and I was all a bit sort of addled and he said how did I do and I said yeah fine and um, he mentioned something about, oh, are you going to come back and do it again? And I just blurted out, yes, I'm going to do the 100. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, oh, I'm on camera. I can't, I can't back down now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you done uh, 100 before then I, I don't i didn't hear you mention 100 in things you've done no,
1: before. no i've got one planned for later this year i'm doing um the Centure in autumn all oh, right
2: is, is that the the autumn hundred is that the one that is yeah. in a cross shape and you go That's out and right. back out and back yeah. out and back out and back which sounds like the devil incarnate <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, that sounds like horrendous um yeah it, it sounds completely different to the southwest coast path though
1: it, it does <laughs> it does um I think now I've done the 50, I at least know what to expect. So yeah. I, I, I think it's within me. And I always like to aim high. I tend to do this for a lot of races. I enter them thinking, oh, my God, you know, it scares me to hell that I've just entered something. But I've always managed to somehow get through. So, um, yeah, it's a bit like the UTS when I first entered that. I, I It scared the living daylights out of me. But I, I got round okay. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, you got yes. round OK and you did it. And you, you did uh, in 14 and a half hours for um, the 50. You're well within that cutoff time. Um, so, you know, add 50 miles onto there and you hopefully still be within the cutoff.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. I, I think um, if you don't push yourself, you know, you, you regret it in the end if you don't yeah. take the challenge. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like I with training, I've got quite a few ultras lined up this year, so I should be in a fairly good shape next yes. year
2: yeah and with all that strength work hopefully you won't get injured as well
1: yeah that's one of, one of the downsides but I've been very careful um mm-hmm. and touch wood I haven't been injured for a while so it's just knowing your limits and I think getting the recoveries in are so important um I do try and have one or two days off from running um, it's so tempting just to go out but I, I try and now just listen to my body and as I'm getting older as well, I find my recoveries are longer.
2: Yes, I'm finding that too. Yeah. 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 And um, did you have a crew on the race? I, I didn't, no, no, I was self supported,
1: which yeah. was fine. Um, again, with, like Sean, I carried two litres of water with me, which was yeah. about right. Yeah. Um, it was heavy, but I, I felt more confidence because I didn't have to worry about Actually, there's lots of archangels around. Yeah. So I didn't, I could have carried less water, but I at the time, think a I didn't is fine.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, but I, I had the confidence that, no, I'm, I've got enough water, I can I can do this. Yes. Um, I filled up fully at St Ives and uh, just topped up from St Ives to the finish. And I actually drank all the water by the time we finished, so um, it, yeah. it was about right.
2: Yeah. So how did you carry that then? Because I carried a litre, just had 500 here, 500 there on, on my front of front pockets. Did you also have a bladder in the in the back with a litre? There I did. Then? Yeah. So yeah. I
1: had um, the two flasks, one with tailwind, one with um, water, just flavoured with some cordial. Yeah. So it helps to, to drink. I mean, I had just pure water in the bladder, which yeah. was almost an emergency supply, which yeah. um, I did. I did actually need so uh, I'm glad I bought
2: that ah that's interesting because I was going to suggest to people to take less water but it seems like perhaps like if you sweat more or you know if you're a certain type of person like I don't know maybe uh, yeah I just didn't drink as much but I just carried a litre and then the most I did get to the end of that during the pendine to St Ives section so I just filled up fully at St Ives but yeah I suppose you just have to know yourself whether you drink a lot or whether you sweat a lot
1: Yeah, I was getting quite hot. I mean, it was a relatively warm day and I was was. layered up, um, probably wearing too many layers, actually. But I did find a night section. It did get cold. So I was glad I I did have the layers on. But initially, yeah, it was it was pretty warm. And you don't want to stop and take layers off. That's the problem.
2: No, you don't want to stop at all, do you? (laughs) no. and um so we've covered your water how much food did you carry then because you weren't crude so again how did you make those decisions
1: yeah i probably carried too much but i based it on roughly 40 grams of carbs i take every 45 minutes and i had a mixture of gels energy bars and my secret weapon is baby bell Ah, cheeses which yeah um i've only just started using them towards the end of an ultra it's it's one of the few things i can actually pallet and it's it really does make a difference now.
2: Oh, that sounds really nice because it's kind <laughs> yeah. of salty, savoury, obviously exactly. really easy and to get fact, down. Yeah. So I'm wondering now: do you pre-peel them and put them in a bag, um, or do you have to faff around with all that stuff and then have a load of no, to carry around with you? No, I kind of faff you?
1: around, but it's it's kind of it's easy enough. Once you get your fingernail in, it's, it's easy to, yeah. to open them.
2: Yeah. I think I would pre-open them and put them in a bag and leave them to sweat, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll try <laughs> that next time.
2: Yeah. So do you feel that you carried too much food um, I or too little?
1: I probably did slightly too much. Um, again, I didn't realize that the, the archangels were, I mean, they're fantastic. They had bands here with food and, and water. Yeah. So um, I did grab a few things from them. Um, I had planned on being completely self-sufficient and yeah. only stopping at St Ives. so I had a, a, a few gels left over at the end
2: yeah it's good to have a few bits left over you want some emergency right. there don't you um and do what were your high points during the race
1: Ah, oh, um the, well the scenery was just mind-blowing um although I felt Awful came on that section from Pantene. He said, I the oh, scenery yeah. just you know, it, it was it, 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 it buoyed you up and kept me going. It was just brilliant. I kept wanting to stop and take photos, but
2: I know, yeah, that's <laughs> why I got timed out oh, taking photos, making a film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, I think. Some of the high points just meeting fellow runners. After St. Ives, I had a, a bit of a navigational issue with my watch. I lost the GPX.
2: Oh no. And
1: I managed to team up with another runner who happened to be at roughly the same pace as me. And um we, we ended up actually with a small group of two or three other runners who all had um, navigation issues. And we ran through the dunes together, which was great because. Um, morally we, we weren't
2: alone yeah i had there was a group of four four ladies running through the dunes together and we knew that we were possibly probably definitely not going to make that cut off we were all caning it through these dunes but we just <laughs> kept going wrong because it was like oh is it this way this way and then what one person's watch would be like oh no this way and so we'd all kind of like collaborate together and, and we eventually got there but we lost a good, yeah we lost a good 15 so,
1: minutes in that. there's so many different <laughs> choices on the dunes i mean we had gpx but again when you're there, you're not quite sure we, it's pointing in that direction, but is it that path or that path? Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's really tricky, isn't it? I would recce that bit. Would you, yeah. would you, like having done the 50, would you advise to recce any particular path? I would.
1: It? I wished I had. Um, certainly the pending to St. Ives, I, I, I didn't expect it to be so technical and I would have liked to have recce that. Yeah. The dunes, possibly, but I don't know, would I have done it at night? Probably not. So I think it's a different, different beast at night.
2: Yeah, I think you just have to make sure you have enough time to get lost a few times in yeah. the dunes. I think that's why the, there was a guy on the coach who was really helpful. He said, make sure you're leaving St. Ives, at, like aim for St. Ives at half four And don't hang around there. Don't hang around because you're allowed to get there at five, and the latest you can leave is 19 past five. Um, And I think I left at like 10 past five or something ridiculous. So I should have just been in and out of there, but I was just stopped by a hot cup of tea and (laughs) going to the loo. And then I was like, looked at my phone, and my friend had put a scan picture up of they were having a baby, so they had to message her back. (laughs) And I was like, you shouldn't be doing this, Claire. Yeah, that's
1: that's my second top tip actually. is, is don't spend too long at a knife.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> I, it's so it's tempting it's so tempting when you sit down in a warm environment and I had a plate of baked beans on
2: toast and <sighs>
1: Yum. oh i could have stayed there all day
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and, and the I, thing is with st ives you're only just over halfway at that point it's like 26 miles or 27 miles or something like that and it really is you have got a long way to go at that point and um, you haven't seen any any sort of proper checkpoints to, until then because it's the only one on the 50 so it's hard
1: yeah I, I definitely made a conscious choice to be as quick as i could so i ordered some food ate that Took on, filled my flasks, went to the toilet, and then thought, "Right, this is it. Got to get
2: out. Got yeah. to get out.
1: Can't just, stay here any longer." I'm going to check
2: what time you left St. Ives. Oh, it doesn't say the time here. It just says the cumulative time. Um, so it says you were out of St. Ives in, in, at seven hours twenty-one. Um, so that's half eight, half nine, half ten, half eleven, half twelve, half one, half two, half three, four o'clock. So just before four, you left. That's
1: right. Yeah. So it was. Yeah the sun was setting at that point so I nice. did put my head torch on in anticipation that it's going to get dark and it it yeah. did once we we got out of St Ives
2: yeah and did you have any low points on the race
1: um yes I think it was the point out of St Ives when my watch played up mm. and, oh my god I, I don't know where I'm going and I, I had the um OS maps on my phone so yeah I wasn't in a total distress but that's not quite the same and I didn't want to run with my phone in my hand so I had a bit of a low point then thinking oh god I'm only halfway and I don't know where I'm going um and then lucky I picked up this this other runner and we we formed a little group and it, that that worked so well and I, yeah. I managed to find someone else if I hadn't I think I may have struggled a bit I would have been a lot slower mm-hmm. um, just because navigating on a on a phone is not quite the same as as running and at least a watch kind of beeps at you and tells you where you're going
2: yeah yeah I had a problem with the route just after St Ives because you you go along following the sea don't you and then there's that railway that you have to sort of cross or not cross and do that three times in total so I found that my watch because I was using poles it was sideways so when I was looking at it it wasn't quite like on where it wasn't quite right and so it would kind of direct me that way and then I so I had to get the OS map out at that point as well um uh, on my phone on the app and then have a look at it there and yeah I had a bit of a low point there because I'm I really didn't have time to get lost at all and I was just like (laughs) at that point I thought I don't know if I'm going to make it to go and i had to stop filming <laughs> and, and just like actually concentrate on getting there so yeah it's interesting that that was the same for you
1: yeah exactly i i, I got confused I, I think what i my watch wasn't at fault i think i just pressed too many buttons and i lost the gpx and uh-huh. the stress of the race i didn't know how to get it back
2: and did, um, did, did you eventually get it back then the i watch? didn't
1: know oh, in the okay. end um i, I just because we were in a little group, I just followed the, the leader, so to speak. Yeah. And um,
2: just hope they're going I, the right way. <laughs> I,
1: did, I did look at my watch subsequently. and I now know how to use it. So that might be a second tip is learn how to <laughs> use your equipment before you...
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, learn how to use it in anger. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in fact, that's my second tip actually is with the headlight. I ran out of batteries just yeah. on the last hill going up to the finish. Yeah, my my head torch just went, mm-hmm. um, and my batteries were in the bottom of my pack.
2: Oh no! So
1: a tip is if your spare batteries, keep them somewhere handy.
2: Yeah, a spare battery is handy. Uh, what was your yeah? First so so the last eight
1: hundred meters, I ran in in total blackness, which wasn't great. Up that
2: hill with the little yeah. flags on it. Yeah. yeah so Luckily, it's a really cool finish isn't it
1: yeah so i, I kind of knew where i was going but it wasn't particularly nice <laughs> yeah
2: i reckied that the day before just so that i knew like if i was getting there you know like with seconds to spare i was like i must know where i'm going i'm not going to be stressed at this point and you go through poor town don't you and you take a, That's right, yeah. a left and then an immediate right and then there's flags and you hop onto the verge and then you cross a little tiny little ditch thing and you're going up sideways up this huge massively steep hill with all the little yellow flags up to the finish that's such a cool finish isn't it how were ah. your legs on that
1: <laughs> exhausted <laughs> I, I did i must admit i had my poles out and uh, i was just using them to work up the hill which was great i'm i'm so pleased i actually brought poles
2: um, yeah yeah so i healthy, wasn't sure healthy.
1: because it wasn't that sort of if i was in the mountains i'd bring poles but for a coastal path generally i wouldn't but i'm i'm pleased i did on this
2: yeah. one yeah, I'm pleased I did as well, because I mainly use poles and I just find them so helpful on the uphills. Yeah. yeah. So just remind me what your first tip was, because that second tip is the spare batteries. Keep them handy. What was the first tip that, that you did mention?
1: Oh, um, what was it? It was. Was it? Don't spend too long in 10 eyes. Oh, yeah. Don't
2: spend <laughs> in,
1: too long. Or aid stations. Don't, don't, um, yeah. don't yeah. sit down. <laughs> yeah. Or you can sit down, but don't spend too long
2: yeah beware the chair
1: yeah (laughs) um it's so true
2: (laughs) yeah um beware the baked beans on toast as well um and then um yeah so we need a third tip from you and then we will find out what you're doing for the rest of the year
1: yeah well we've already had the rec bit i i I would recommend someone does actually have a look at a course but we've already had that so um (laughs) third tip I think for me, uh, it's not for everyone, but I would say bring poles because I found them really beneficial. And towards the end, when I was fatiguing, yeah. it did help.
2: Yeah. So maybe if you are crude or if you can get a crew to take poles to, say, St. Ives or yes, maybe exactly. even Cadbury, have someone meet yeah. you with poles at Cadbury or something like that, just for that last that's, bit. If, if you're not used to poles.
1: That's right, and in yeah. fact, I. I was with some other runners who did exactly that. Their crew had some poles ready for them.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think having a crew would make the whole race quite a lot easier because you wouldn't have to carry as much. You'd be really quick with the bottle changes over with the with the water and the hydration, and you could do stuff like, you know, give them an extra layer, or you know, if you found that you really weren't eating those cheese sandwiches, you could just ditch them. So yeah. it would actually be really handy to have a crew <laughs> and get yeah, the poles, no, not, collect if poles. If you from
1: can them. have a crew, it's 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 beneficial although I did quite like the challenge of being self-supported yeah
2: yeah yeah I do like that as well but I just had no idea how much food to take and how much water I'd need so I feel like doing it once and getting timed out I've now got a much better idea of what yeah what I would need like, perhaps
1: likewise I mean I, I kind of just use the rule of thumb about food um yeah. I could probably have done certainly I, I, I could have carried less because of the angels being around yeah um,
2: but they then would. they're not necessarily there, are they? That's no, the other thing. If no. they get called to an emergency, they might just not be there. So I feel like you've always got to carry that food just in case.
1: Exactly. I yeah. think probably I would. Um, it wasn't overly heavy, so yeah. I could just about fit it in my in my pack.
2: Yeah. Um, and so you're going to sign up for the hundred. When does it open?
1: First of March.
2: Okay, not long.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah.
2: Definitely going i'm to sign determined up.
1: now I've, I've molded over and uh, yeah. i'm committed so i'm, going, I'm yeah. definitely going to sign up for it
2: yeah cool. and so oh did we already cover what you what you're up to you said the autumn 100 as well didn't you that's
1: yeah kind of next, i've got that i'm doing um the eco trail in paris again but i'm going yeah. for the 80 this year
2: okay uh, yeah longer yeah
1: and i've also signed up uh, again it's one of these mad things where you just do it on the spur of the moment i've signed up for the dragon's back
2: oh my in September. <laughs> i like you christian <laughs> you're a man of a uh, man of the same spirit as me only slightly more bonkers um <laughs> you're gonna do the dragon's back that's yes. even bigger that's i feel like that's even harder <laughs> than everything else that you're doing put together that's brilliant
1: well we'll see how it goes i've done one multi-day event already the, um, the druids so yeah. i I'll, rough idea what what's in and i've I've done a lot of racing around um as well as the uts i've done a lot of fell racing around snowdonia and um brecon beacons black mountain so i know the area quite well
2: yes yeah Um,
1: i don't need to wreck it because i've already done it so that's that's one benefit i've just got to get fit enough to be able to keep going for
2: six days yeah I know I just can't believe that first day is like the Welsh 3000ers 40 odd miles loads of ascent and it's just like uh, that's that's just good for one day out and then you've got five more I just don't know how you come back from that (laughs) (laughs) But that
1: sounds well, amazing. I'll, I'll,
2: I'll let you know in September yeah well also um, another patron Lloyd Watkin is doing it as well he says yay oh, Christian fantastic. see you in Conway <laughs> that's brilliant we'll have to have both of you on after that to get your experiences because that, that I, I've got like a, an affinity for the Dragons back race because I'm good friends with the organiser Shane and um, I remember when he first brought it back in 2012 um, after that first race was run in yeah. 1992 and he, he resurrected the race and I went to cover it for trail running magazine and, and since then I've just always had this kind of like it just seems like a great route but i think i'd probably do it like over a weekend at a time as a like a year-long project um yeah but it sounds great
1: yeah Um, i'm looking forward to it now it it terrifies me but then that's one of the reasons i'm doing it (laughs) yeah
2: and even if you find it too difficult you can always like drop down to the hatchling course. that's right so it's not like you've missed out on like you know lost all your money or anything like that yeah
1: yeah, that's, that's such a good idea, because um, that is a worry that, you know, for, for whatever reason, you might not be able to quite do it, but you're, you're not out of the race immediately.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds like that sounds brilliant. Um, I'm very excited for your year ahead. Um <laughs> Uh, but i'm aware that we've only given people six tips for uh, for the arc fifty, so i'm just going to add mine if you don't mind and i'll run the past course. you, see what you think so yeah. I think people should be doing at least one hill rep or interval session per week, so yeah I, getting used to those up hills. Think,
1: yeah hills are so important um even if it's like me on the road it it just makes all the difference. I felt um strong going uphill actually. Uh, purely because i've been doing hills in london yeah. so even if it even if it is like it, you can do hills on a treadmill you know you don't have to be outside but um, definitely yeah. do some hill work yeah
2: even on roads like it, it actually yeah. it's probably better to do them on roads especially in the winter in training for the Arc, because otherwise you're going to be like messing around so much trying to get your foot placement on like some right. trails yeah. that you're not going to get that power and that actual training so i think do it on roads is absolutely fine yeah um, my other tip is train on rough ground, but I think we kind of covered that and that kind of like is a given. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> If you can't recce it, especially, you've got to go and train on rough ground.
1: It, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, one tip for me, uh, from me personally, was don't eat loads of cake over Christmas. I put on about four kilograms, like around, like, I don't know, since my last 50 miler and over Christmas because my friend made me this amazing chocolate cake. So I was having a piece of chocolate cake or two every day. And our and our neighbour Helen, my husband's celiac, so she was experimenting making these Christmas fruit cakes, gluten-free. I think she made five in total in experimenting. So we ate five cakes between us uh, before Christmas. So there was a, it was a bit of a cake heavy Christmas this year. So don't do that. That would be my tip. <laughs> um, my other tip would be don't drink a cup of tea at the Minak Theatre, where the start is, because I bought a cup of tea just before the race and then I just immediately needed the loo and there's nowhere to hide for ages. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, I didn't actually go to the loo until like about three hours later. Um, And even then I was just on the path and someone was coming and I was just, don't look, just don't look, (laughs) just just try not to look. (laughs) (laughs) and so that wasn't great yeah Um,
1: (laughs) i I made a a point as soon as we got to the minak theater to joined the toilet queue yeah um yeah Yeah. because i knew it was a long way to to check no i had
2: i had joined um, the toilet queue outside the portaloos i joined that as soon as we got there i went to the loo as soon as we got there but then i made the mistake of having this huge cup of tea which just went straight through me Yeah, yeah yeah so yeah not good. Um, and then my other tip was don't take a liter of water at the start because I only drank five hundred mil until Senin. But then with you and Sean saying that you took two liters, maybe for different people that needs they, people need to just individually um, think about that. Yeah, but something it to think how much about anyway. Sweat
1: and, yeah.
2: Uh,
1: I mean, I, I I don't know if I'm a heavy sweater or not, but I tend to to drink quite a lot when I run.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose also it depends what the temperature's like as well. Because it was a particularly hot day that year, and it probably sods law it's going to be raining next year. (laughs) Yeah
1: or snowing or, or i'm yeah, sure it slowing. won't be as
2: nice yeah i'm already
1: it... resigned to the fact it's going to be awful weather next i know year.
2: <laughs> for your hundred oh my goodness yeah um i had don't hang around any checkpoints but you had that one and uh, so my final tip to people is don't make a youtube film because it massively slows you down and <laughs> um, you'll see it is useful i think it will be useful for people to have the film of it yeah. Um, but if I was to try it again I wouldn't make a film and Sean said that he'd crew me and he'd film so that's nice
1: I think that's the way to do it like I said I, I kept wanting to stop to take photos but I yeah I would have been miles behind if I'd stopped at every beauty spot and
2: yeah <laughs> I didn't stop but it's still the effort of getting it yeah, out yeah, filming yeah. like you're not concentrating on what you're doing I just probably have to just race it next time the irony is I got back and I was like oh I'm not fit enough oh, blah, blah, blah. and then the irony is I think if I hadn't been making the film I may have just scraped round you know like it was only 15 minutes so yeah oh, oh. who knows who knows but I'll just have to try again I'm blaming the film and the lack of fitness and all the cake <laughs> that <liette. laughs> I yeah yeah can you think of anything else that we need to tell people about the arc 50 i feel like we've covered lots here today um and that we should wrap it up but i just want to yeah from your point of view is there anything else that you think we should mention to people doing the race next year
1: um <laughs> i did eat on a coach going down because it's did such you? an early start yeah um it's too far too early for breakfast so yeah i had something on the coach knowing that you know it's an 8 30 start <clears throat> so yeah. i wasn't running on empty i, I was fueled up yes. ready to go at that point
2: that's a really good tip i took a tupperware of porridge that was a throwaway tupperware from a chinese um that i could just throw away at the minac theater so you get the coaches at half five um and then the race doesn't start till 8 30 so yeah i was yeah. eating that porridge on the on the coach yeah. kind of forcing it down to be honest because it was still a bit early wasn't it <laughs>
1: it was a bit yeah um I, it didn't actually bother me I had the Minak theater. i I wasn't anywhere near the steps so it took me a long time to get out. But
2: yeah, me too.
1: Because it was an ultra I thought, well, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's probably better to start slow.
2: Yeah. It was. And um, I was queuing. And even then I was really out yeah. of breath with the pace that we were going with the queuing. So I was kind of thankful um, to the to the queues. And Sean's still watching. I want to tell your boss, Sean, that you're not working. <laughs> he said yes. <laughs> also, uh, he ate two bagels on the coach as well. So, yeah, that's that's a really good tip actually, it, like yeah. out, outside of the race as well. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we should wrap up now. Um, So um, thank you so much, um, Christian, for coming on and and telling us all about your ARC experience. And congratulations (laughs) with your um, 14 and a half hours and sub 14 and a half hours. Absolutely incredible. and just before we go, I do have to just mention the sponsor. Um, I'm sponsored by Knack Nutrition for these um, live broadcasts. Um, and so I ate these and these on the arc, and they were very nice and felt good on my stomach. So if you do want to try any of this for your next ultra, then just use my code wildgingerrunning for 15% off at uk.knack.com. Um, So, thanks so much, Christian. Um, uh, Looking forward to hearing about your progress on your hundreds and your dragons back this coming year. Um, And have a lovely weekend when it comes around.
1: Thank you.
0: Cool. Bye, Bye, everyone.